He shared this quote at a retirement ceremony. One word of truth outweighs the world. Now the military brass is derailing his career. Hi, I'm Stuart Shepard, and this is First Liberty Live. Did you know this is also available as an audio podcast? Just look on any of the popular platforms out there, search for First Liberty Live, and you can listen while you're on the go, in your car, on the treadmill, wherever. Uh, We would love to have you share with us in that way. So just check it out on any podcast platform. Jace Yarbrough serves in the Space Force, but he's here today as a private citizen. Danielle Runyon is senior counsel here at First Liberty Institute. She also serves in the Air Force Reserve and we are thankful for both of you for, for your service. But I want to point out, because we have to keep this legal, uh, notice he's not in uniform. She's not in uniform. We're here as private citizens talking about something that happened. Hi, Jace. Hi, Danielle. Hi, Stuart. <laughs> good Hi, to Stuart. see. Good to see both of you. First, Jace, tell us about the retirement ceremony that brought about all the trouble. Where was it? What was it like being there? Sure. Uh, well, it was... Uh it was on a, a museum in Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. The USS uh, Memorial Association runs uh, runs the battleship Missouri, so it was outdoors uh, on the uh, um, on that ship. Uh, I had a had a good friend from my active duty days who asked if I'd preside over his retirement ceremony, and so um, decided to do that. Went out there with uh, with my wife and infant son, and we were there with him and his close family and friends. Uh, total group of us was about 25. Uh, and so, um, yeah, it was back in June of 2021 is when he retired. And to be clear, this is not a, the public wasn't invited. This is a, a retirement ceremony. It's by invite only. So the people who are there are people that he invited, I presume, to be at the ceremony, right? That's correct. Uh, regulations at the time actually prevented anyone other than the folks that he had specifically invited uh, from being there. And the total number that he was permitted, again, was, was 25. Now, as, as the person presiding over this, which is, a, I understand, a place of honor, uh, you got to give a speech, and you did. Tell me about the speech. Sure. Uh, well, um, it, it it was a privilege for me to to be invited to do this and to honor my my friend with uh, with some words about his career. And in order to do that, I pointed out um, some things that I had noticed in him, some virtues and characteristics that uh, that I came to admire, that I tried to emulate myself, and that I thought um, certainly made his service uh, much more effective. And so I charged, uh, charged the airmen that were there that day to follow his example. Uh, in trying to do that, I, I, likened, uh, I likened his character and his virtues to um, some, uh, some qualities that I had seen uh, in, in other men that I admired, Alexander Solzhenitsyn being one of them. So that was the, that's the point of any retirement ceremony speech, right? You want to do honor to the career and the life of, of the retiree. And so that's what I tried to do that day. And this is someone who's more than just someone who you worked with. This is a dear friend. It's someone you had a lot of time and experience with. That's correct. Yeah. So um, the uh, Sergeant Fish was the first uh, senior NCO uh, that I served closely with uh, when, I, uh, when I got command of my first operational flight. We spent uh, 18 months together at uh, the United States Air Force Honor Guard in D.C., which is a historic unit. Uh, we, uh, we shared an office space that was uh, probably no bigger than, uh, than the rug we're, we're, <laughs> we're using on set today. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it, it, was a, it was a time um, of a really intense op tempo, and so we got to know each other very quickly, um, and that relationship continued after we both moved on from that assignment. We continue to stay in touch and talk regularly and still do today. 
Sergeant Fish is a he's a dear friend, and, and uh, I'm fortunate to to count him as a as a friend from my from my days on active duty. I read through the transcript of the speech that you gave, and and rather than be offended, I would have stood up and applauded when you were done. I mean, I, everything I heard in there is true. It's spot on. Uh, you hit everything well. I thought. Did you have any idea that the things that you said would lead up to someone complaining? No, uh, no, I didn't, Stuart. Um, I'll say that the the immediate response from those who were in the ceremony was incredibly positive. We spent the rest of the day hanging out with Sergeant Fish and his family and other attendees, and um, everyone was was effusive in their praise, their gratitude. They were felt privileged to be able to be there and share with Sergeant Fish. And um, I, I, one of my, um, uh, you know, one of the guys we served with uh, during our time at the Honor Guard, he was also there. Yeah. Uh, with his wife uh, because of uh, his appreciation and admiration for certain fish and um, she, she actually asked me if I would come and speak at his uh, you know, upcoming retirement ceremony she was so moved and grateful huh. um, and so uh, it, it, was, it was a very positive experience and um, and the the last thing that I expected was to get uh, a phone call uh, from certain fish saying hey I I heard I heard some some rumors that maybe somebody complained about um, about your remarks and let's talk about what came back then on this. There was a letter of admonishment, that's the official term, and among other things, it takes issue with you saying that the military is becoming politicized. I don't know anybody in the country that would disagree with that, so that's a true statement. You quoted Soviet dissident Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who, who was a Christian, who was speaking out against what was going on in his country, and the, the quote specifically was, let the lie come but not through me, which is another way of saying hold to what is true. I wouldn't disagree with that. That seems to be true. You also challenged the, and this is a quote, cancel culture being pushed down through the ranks. And, and that's from the letter that they wrote, that you were challenging cancel culture being pushed down through the ranks. Well, we're all in full view of that. It's happening. It's real. It's true. We know it's happening. We've, we've seen plenty of examples. There have been plenty of lawsuits about it. So for the officer who wrote this letter, it appears truth is now a problem for the military. How do you read that? I'd agree with that, Stuart. One of the frustrating things, you know, n nobody wants to hear, uh, you know, your, your conduct was unbecoming. You exhibited poor judgment uh, as an officer. Um, and so I, I looked for some of the details. Okay, well, what, what, what was it that I said? And for them to tell me specifically that in encouraging uh, the airmen who were listening to me that day to be people of integrity, to not participate in conduct or speech that they know is dishonest and false, um, was uh, was baffling. Um, and and then eventually, eventually, it, it made me angry. I got frustrated with it because that's exactly what I'm supposed to be encouraging them to do. Right. The Air Force's first core value is integrity. I was admonishing them to uphold the highest standards of our Air Force, uh, which I love, um, and. Uh, so that that's sort of how um, that's how I interpreted that letter. That was some of the confusion that I had about it, some of the frustration that I had about it. Now, one key point in this, and it's one of the facts of the case, you're at a private ceremony in a private location that's by invitation only, so you're a private citizen. You were wearing your uniform, and this is where I want to turn to Danielle and get a, a read from her on that as an attorney representing you. Does it make any difference that he was in uniform giving this speech? No, Stuart, it does not. It does not give the Air Force any authority to take the action that they took against him. Again, as Jace very clearly explained, he was acting in his civilian capacity. Air Force regulations allow a civilian to provide, preside over a ceremony such as this in their uniform. 
the Air Force wasn't paying him. They didn't provide his travel to the location. They weren't, uh, he wasn't on orders. So nothing according to statute says that they had any jurisdiction over him. And then for them to reach out and say, well, we're going to punish you now in your capacity as Major Yarbrough is just entirely inappropriate. So that's one of the things that we address in our complaint. And then in addition to that, the fact that he was speaking the words that he spoke, as he explained, um, you know, it's his religious speech and they're saying it's contemptuous. It's just, that's just simply uh, not only false, but it's very disturbing and also is just a violation of the First Amendment and his rights under the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. I'm going to look into the future. I'm looking on social media right now. And even after everything you said, people are going to write, yeah, but he was wearing his uniform. Right. So explain it again. Why is it okay for him to be in uniform while making these comments? Just so people are clear on this. So it's okay for him to be in his uniform, one, at this particular ceremony in the capacity that he was in, such as presiding over the ceremony, yeah. according to Air Force regulation. Two, again, this is a very private ceremony. This isn't him publicly speaking, uh, you know, in the public square. It's not a rally. He's it's, not on a bullhorn. No, it's, yeah. it's none of those things. Uh, he's not out on Twitter saying anything. This is just a ceremony that his friend asked him to attend. It's a group of like-minded individuals. And from what we understand, it was a member of the Navy Quartet who came to be a part of the ceremony who complained. Um, so all of these facts just do not rise to the occasion of warranting a letter of admonishment, which is very damaging to Jace's career. Now help us understand where we are in the arc of this. We just took it to court, right? Yes. Yes. So we just we just filed our complaint a couple of weeks ago. And what we wait for now is for the defendants, which includes the Air Force and the Space Force. So again, Jace is a member of the Space Force. And for those who don't understand, the Department of the Air Force is the umbrella under which the Space Force falls. Right. So we, we now wait for them to respond and we take it from there. We're also working alongside Winston and Strawn and Ave Maria School of Law on this one. So it's not just us. There are others who are looking at this going, well, there's a problem here. Uh, Jace, what would be the best outcome here? What would you like to see happen? I'd like the letter of admonishment to be expunged from my record. Um, and uh, I'd like to continue my career so that I can continue to serve the country that I love in uniform. There are, um, you know, there are certain deadlines in the career of every, any military member uh, when they're up for promotion or certain other advancements like that. And, <clears throat> you know, if I were to, if I were to meet a, a promotion board with this letter in, in my record, um, almost no question that I wouldn't, I wouldn't make that board. I would, I wouldn't be promoted. Yeah. Um, my career is certainly over if this letter stays, stays where it is. So that, that's the first thing. Uh, I also, I also would just encourage anybody who, uh, is currently serving in the military, um, to, uh, you know, do not participate in the lie. Like if there's if there's speech or conduct that you know is is false, like you you cannot in good conscience as a member of the United States military who's who's committed to integrity, you can't participate in that. So um, you know I stand by the quote uh, that I uh, that I wrote that I gave that day. You know maybe the lie will come, maybe uh, maybe it'll win out, but don't let it win out through you. Um, and uh, anyway, I, I, I would be uh, I'd be gratified if if um, folks took encouragement from that. We're proud to stand alongside you and to stand with you in this court battle. And Daniel, I want to make clear this is not the first step. There were already a lot of opportunities for the military to back down off of this, right? Yes. So Jace had filed a number of appeals all the way up the chain of command, citing the very things that we cite in our complaint. So saying that one, 
the Air Force didn't have jurisdiction over Jace in his capacity as a civilian for the speech that he made. And two, that his speech was protected by the First Amendment. Just because even, even if Jace was in uniform, military members don't lose their constitutional rights just because they they sign up to serve our country. In fact, we take the oath to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. So, yeah. Very good. so there you have it. I'm going to let you wrap it up and put a bow on it. What else would you like to add? I would just like to add that, um, you know, again, um, just because Jay spoke in his uniform, that does not, there's no jurisdictional authority that the Air Force has over Jace. And two, um, I encourage people to go to our website and take a look. We have, uh, I believe we have his speech posted there. People can read it. And frankly, like you said at the very beginning, Stuart, it's it's an encouraging speech. Uh, one would get up and, and think, you know, I'm going to applaud this speech. This yeah. is great. Um, but unfortunately, what we see happening is viewpoint discrimination. If if we're not speaking in a manner that is consistent with uh, what's going on in politics and and uh, you know what's being pushed down by the, by the executive branch, then we're going to be punished for our speech. And one other thing I'd like to add is that you know other members in uniform have been doing things that and they haven't been punished. They've been out there, for instance. Um, you know, going to parades that that in support of their LGBTQ um, friends, I will say, uh, against challenging President Trump's transgender policy. Yeah. Those people didn't get punished to our knowledge. Um, so again, if you're not consistent with the narrative that's out there today, then then you're going to be punished. And as Jay said, that's the cancel culture, and we're seeing it right here uh, with Jay's situation. I mean, how ironic is that, that that's something he was talking about, and then he's the one who's being canceled because of that speech. All right. Jace, anything you want to add before I let you go? Um, I'll add one thing, Stuart, which is, uh, you know, it, it's maybe a fine point, but to help un help folks understand um, this jurisdictional question. Yeah. Right? So as a reservist, um, I'm a unique reservist and that I'm attached to an active duty unit. When they want to use me, they have to put me in official military status. Uh, to do that, they they cut me orders. Um, they they pay for my travel. I go to my unit. I'm there. I'm serving, and I'm in status. I'm getting paid. I'm building points toward retirement. None of that happened for this ceremony. My unit didn't know about it. I paid for my travel. I paid for my hotel room. Uh, I paid for all my food, rental car, everything. Um, my wife and I made a little vacation about it. I took some time off from my civilian job. Mm -hmm. uh, I was doing it as a personal friend, a, a personal favor to a personal friend. Um, and so that, that, I think, understanding what the typical setup is when I'm activated to become in military status and service versus what happened here, I think, probably be helpful for some of your viewers. Very good. What happened to you is wrong, and we're going to take care of it for you. We're, we're happy to stand with you. Jace, Danielle, thank you so much. Good talking to both of you. Thank you, Stuart. Thanks, Stuart. It's vitally important that people have an experienced, successful legal organization to come alongside them when trouble comes knocking on the door. If these issues matter to you, if you want to see change in America to how things are being run currently, if you want to see our religious heritage defended, we invite you to join with us in the work here at First Liberty Institute. Just click on the big red Give button up at the top of the page. First Liberty is fighting for what matters most.